Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be De Beer. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Green and Gold Rugby podcast, the podcast that gets you over the game line with everything Australian rugby. Uh, it's Matt Rowley, your host tonight, and I've got joining me um, a regular, Hugh. Mate, how are you? I'm great, Matt. World Cup's here and, and we're doing regular podcasts. They're back. We've got two in a week. Can well, you believe it? I was going to say, yeah, regular as in we've done two in a row. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, amazing. Yeah. I think podcast listeners might be a bit shocked, uh, but there you go. Um, there's a lot, there's plenty to talk about, which is always good and plenty of positive to talk about. Um, and so joining us, actually, I'm trying to remember it. I think you've been on before, haven't you? It's it's Nick Fitz, Nick Fitznut, Fitznut, Fitzy um, is probably easier. Um, welcome aboard, mate. Is it welcome back? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I did a, I did a, did I do a drop kickoff with uh, the, the two other Nicks? Last year, gotcha. talking about yes. Western Sydney rugby. I don't think I've been on the big show yet, so yeah. Haven't you? Uh, oh, you've, you've finally got your stripes, mate. Here I am. All it took was Reg's absence. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, Konnichiwa, boys. How's it going? It, it's, it's very it's very well, thanks, mate. I, I Can we just say that it's, I reckon it's been like, we're going to get into the Aussie game, but um I'm, I'm, I'm warming into this World Cup. I'm really enjoying it. Hugh, you were talking last week about saying you, you've switched on. Are you, is it paying back? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's um, it's you're just having regular rugby on. You know, coming on a Monday night, we've got Wales Georgia. You know, which is which mm. is going on as we speak. Um, yeah, rug, test rugby on a Monday night, and it, and it's great to see these teams that sort of I occasionally glance at over over the course of the last two years but you know france is a, is a case in point yeah getting to see those guys up close and watching ireland scotland and some and some other games that you know with some other teams that I've, i haven't seen and seeing the minnows it's it's all the world cup experience and it, and, it, and it's and it's great to be a part of no it's brilliant all righty well look let's let's um rattle through what it's going to be i think it's going to be a fast but concentrated one tonight there's lots to talk about so five questions we're going to get through number one it's going to be rate that performance out of 10. number two who was your man of the match number three the hodge hit there's been plenty going on about it was it play on uh was it a yellow or was it a red uh four any changes for the Wales game? And then five, just anything else that uh, caught your eyes. We went around the ground. So, um, Mr. Fitzner, it's your turn to step up to the plate. Okay, um, goody. Yep. How, how, how are you going to give, what are you going to give that out of 10, that Wallaby's performance? Oh, look, I think if you've got to throw the first half away, then uh, you can't give it more than about a six, I think. Look, we we lacked a lot of concentration there. Fiji came out firing. We knew they would. But what concerns me, and even through into the second half, you know, early on we gave away that try off a, off a bad move. Um, what was it? Leo Lafano was trying to wrap around and the ball went astray and it just all went to custard from there. That's, and, how, that's, how, that, that's our customary World Cup yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, giveaway, no, isn't it? We usually no, have to the Scots or someone. Yeah, consistency is the key, I think. <laughs> but also, uh, I guess what I, what I took out of that game was simple was working, so why get fancy? Yeah. Like we were making yards in the middle, we were simple catch and pass, catch, draw, pass, tries. You know, that was um, – Corabetti showed that with that – 
a stunning, stunning effort of his. If he could, if he could pick a few players, that's an eight out of ten. But yeah, six for me. I think overall. Six. Six. Six at best for you, Hugh. I think you um you, you had a cracking tweet on this one. What was it again? Yes. Well, I, as a, I think to paraphrase it, if you asked me this at the 45-minute mark, I would have given it a zero and was tempted to, you know, con- reconsidering my life and my sporting choices and, and, and all sorts of things. But at the 80-minute mark, if looking at the entirety of the game, I'm slightly more optimistic than Fitzy. I, I'm probably a seven um, with with the caveat that, you know, it's, it's the first game and I'm probably a little bit more forgiving because um, – you know, I think the first 20 minutes especially, there, there was a lot of nerves there. It was very jittery early early stages, and I think we were trying to run around them and, and do some silly things. And I'll give them a lot of credit for actually knuckling down, working out how to play and adjusting on the run. Um, even if I don't think how we started was actually what the game plan was supposed to be. But, I mean, um, so in, it's not really the case of us having a plan B. I think it was the case of us having a plan A, and just it took us half an hour to work out what the hell that was. Um, yeah. But but you're right, Fitzy, in the sense that for a moment there, we were playing Wallaby Meltdown Bingo, and it was all the things <laughs> that you see when we have a meltdown, which is uh, you know, a, a try off a, off a you know either a charge down or a turnover, um, a missed kick from adjacent to the posts, um, a, a silly penalty, uh, you know, a, a line out where nobody gets lifted and the ball just sort of goes oh, to the straight the opposition. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, for a while there, you're going, oh, you know, it, it's a, it, it, you know, and all all we were were probably, and and we might get to it a little bit later, but uh, you know, a Tolu Latu yellow card or something, you know, a, a brainless yellow card away from full meltdown. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> or hot well, red. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, that's that, that would have been it. That, easy, that easy. Don't go early on that. It just yes. that, look. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I'm just saying. It's, let's say something like that had happened. That was the spiral. I think, mm, I think that's yeah. when suddenly the mental, the whole mental thing would have. The house of cards would have well and truly come down. Look, I mean, to be fair to the guys, I thought we weren't the only team that showed those jitters. Um, you know, I think there's a there was a bunch of teams you could see that they'll just we're here on the big stage. Yeah, especially for some of those um, teams. I mean, I thought like the Pompey, um, you know, for a long time there made hard yeah. work um, out of that game. And yeah, I mean, where, you know, you're supposed to win the game, but you're playing against an opponent who's, who's pretty bloody good, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and it could definitely go wrong if you don't get it. For me, it was, it was actually after the first scrum or so, and I was just like, you know, if we don't get ascendancy in these scrums, or if, it, if it's, you know, which we, you know, you were kind of banking on, um, then it could go very, very wrong because, you know, what we needed out of that were those relieving penalties, Hodges' boot putting us in the corner, and suddenly we could just play that territory um, as well as possession game, which really, really turned it around. Um, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I don't know. I'll split the difference and go six and a half. Cool. At the end of the day, though, what was it? Was it five or six tries versus to two? Um, yeah. In, in, in a, overall. Five tries yeah. to two. Yeah, five tries to two, um, which is... Pretty bloody good, and, and I, you're right, Fitzy. I think if you just go by the second half, where they seem to just come out and do what you would have thought they would have done from the the off, though, right? Like, why would you be pushing passes yeah. and going lateral against the Fijians? I mean, it's yeah. hard not, to understand. As a forward, I understand not wanting to run at Fijians. I'm fully down with that. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times in my illustrious, well, a very illustrious career. Um, and yeah, it's never it's never come off well. But I guess it's just 
we seem to be pulling all these wonderful moves that other big teams aren't doing, and it just wasn't quite there. You know, the, the bit of rust, sure, humidity, whatever, bit of dew on the ball. Thanks if I can just jump in there and steal a gag of standard. But, <laughs> um, you know, it just it didn't show uh, a game one kind of composure, I guess. Mm. You know, the guys are just going a bit headless chook, and it's like, you know what, you get the ball in your 22, you kick it out. Yeah, sure, it kept getting kicked to Hooper. Maybe swap him with someone, give it to someone. I understand the two-phase exit strategy, and that's all fine, but, you know, occasionally, let's just play simple. And, and I'll touch on that point again. Other teams weren't showing a lot, and mm. we seem to be trying to pull a few tricks out and see how that goes. With Wales next week, sure, that may be understandable, but... yeah. Well, there, was hell of, there was a lot of teams who basically did, barely did any. In the first half of most games, I think most of the big teams did nothing past the box kick, mm, um, yeah. and and, oh. just, and just basically give the give the ball away and, and see how that can go. Um, alrighty, so we, well, there we go. We get we give that a uh, six and a half out of ten um, all round. Uh, man of the match though. So um, I'm not going to say who the official one was because it doesn't matter because we're about to tell everybody. Um, Hugh, who did you have there, mate? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, my man of the match was Michael Hooper. I thought as a uh, for for a couple of reasons. I think he just did a got through a power of work as always, and was just a really effective ball runner. He got us out of a few pretty tight spots actually, ball behind the game line under pressure, and he just has that way of spinning out of the first tackle and getting his head down, and all of a sudden we're we're back on the front foot again. I also give credit to his leadership. I thought it was a um. It, it, you know, we, we we tend to almost forget that he's the captain of the Wallabies. I don't think he is true has traditionally been an inspirational figure in the same way a John Eels has or even a Stephen Moore. Um, and yet, I thought that was it, this game was one where, as discussed, we could have easily let sort of slip off the rails a bit, and you know, one or two headless decisions, and, and we would have been really in trouble. And I think we probably were in trouble at the 45th minute. Um, but to, to actually bring us back to, to get those decisions uh, correct in terms of kicking to touch, kicking to the line, I thought he got every one of those right. Um, and, you know, he got that team really back on track from where we were. So I think for that reason and, and for his just solid solid game as well in, in attack and defence, I think for me he was, a, he was a pretty clear man of the match. But most of all, he had the best zinger of the opening weekend. Um which I think got covered pretty extensively, actually, which was that one when when they're going for the penalty goal. And obviously a Fijian says, why are you, you guys too chicken? You're just going for the penalty goal. You see for that one? And then he goes, you know, because I'm going to take this and then we're going to score a try and then we're going to be ahead. <laughs> nice. And, nice. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of everywhere. No, I thought, and which I thought was part of his kind of exactly what you were saying, Hugh, which is just that sort of composed confidence which is what the team needed kind of um after that rattling uh first half and i've got to say just um when we're on that point i mean you know like Layla lafano was just like he almost like he was close to getting stretched off beal looked rat- rattled um wise just had it he looked shell-shocked and pretty much got yanked straight after yeah, half time if, if i remember rightly so i think that a lot of that run-on team I, I think to give the fijians their credit i think they just felt absolutely blitzed and didn't know which way to go. Um, yeah, and look, I'll say they probably sized up what the All Blacks did to us. Um, they didn't give us much at the ruck, and then we continued to not attack around the ruck, and so all they did was basically pin their ears back and go hard at the halves. Um, mm. White 
White didn't didn't hold the defence like he did. Um, let me answer the question. Uh, I think Hugh's comments are actually spot on. Um, and if I had to go, like Latu played a lot of minutes and did a lot of good things and and no bad things, which is, you know, color me yeah. shocked. Um, but uh, yeah, look, Hooper's Hooper's understanding of the point where they'd conceded that runaway try in the second half and then kind of drew a line in the sand, and along with Pocock, who was also doing a fair bit of talking, but Hooper. At that point, I think kind of grabbed the team by the scruff of the neck, and along with Genia's injection, allowed the team to to really set that marker. And Genia, that box kick where he just banged it way upfield and it went out, that's where it started for me. That line out, you know, we we actually contested their ball pretty well, but from that point onwards, we seemed to just be in their half all the time. And every time Hooper had a decision to make. Um, you know, whether it was in general play or just going for the touchline, he, he made the right one. He understood their forwards were then on top. Um, and look, the, the Fijians probably missed their open side um, after he was hit, which we'll get to in a little while. But, um, yeah, I think probably probably Lato for the two tries looked flash, but Hooper was the guy in there just with the shovel digging away and, and making sure that that one wasn't going to get away from us. Yeah, I'll go no. Okay, so that's two for Hooper. Yeah, and look, you got to say Latu had a he had a good game too. I mean, he's suddenly looking like, and I think we all talked about this. He he always had that uh, sort of, uh, I, I guess, a, aggression and um, impact around the field. Um, I noticed also I saw him just seeing him stand there the other day. It was like, where's the belly gone? Remember, there was always a bit of a a belly there. That's completely gone. He's he's in great shape. Um, yeah, and great. We're, we're yet to see a brain fart. I, I wonder if that's maybe also because he's maybe just a bit fitter and not getting the red mist. Um, and that might be based on his fitness as well. Um, might not be drink driving as much. <clears throat> <laughs> just just tired at the wheel, mate. That's all. Um, yeah. But okay, so you, you throw those. The, the third one that I would have thrown out there, I, I probably agree with where you guys are at, but I think he's in definitely needs to be mentioned in dispatches. You mentioned him before. Um, there, Fitzy was Corabetti. Um, I, I thought he had another cracking game. He's had a few in a row now um, for the Wallabies. And how good was it to see a Wallaby winger ab- actually use pace? And I wasn't expecting that to be Corabetti, if I'm honest. But um, there was, you know, twice we just he went round the outside of his man. Yes, on the good, you know, on the edge of a good pass and um, some good ball movement. But um, he didn't get bundled in the touch. Didn't need to take the inside option. Literally scooted around the edge, and that was great to see. And he also did a couple of, you know, customary pick and goes. Uh, he wasn't bad in defence either. I thought he had a um, a really good game actually. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, one 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 that we needed so that that was really good and so a few of those guys um putting those together i thought you know arnold was was good again yeah um, i'll, I'll throw nice a shout out as well in the, in the air I'll, I'll throw a shout out to scotty Co. I, I thought um in a game where our scrum was was superb frankly um and he just got through a lot of work around the field and he's just put in a typical scott Co. effort where essentially uh, almost unsung hero but 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 uh just walks off having done everything really well. Yep. Yep. Hand, handful of good ones there, like you, all the names you mentioned, and as you're saying them, they, I go, oh, yeah, that's right, him too. Um, Corabetti just runs harder than anyone I've ever seen, and you guys have raved before on the pod about his pick and go, and it's just a jo- as a forward, it's a joy to watch a back actually just roll his sleeves up and 
get stuck into the tight stuff because it doesn't matter who's standing there, backs, forwards, whatever, he'll pick and go because he knows the forwards aren't at the ruck yet. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you who else. Um, he now, There was a conspicuous miss, um, but then I, he, he, he didn't make the first miss um, for the uh, that early Fijian try. Um, but yeah, his, his, his ball running was very good again, Nizarani, I thought. Um, yeah. You know, made a few great runs where, you know, sort of managed to pick up 10 metres out of nothing, um, especially when we were trying to tighten the game up. And I thought he was he was pretty vital in, in what we were doing there. Yeah, and just on that point, I, I probably don't see him in the loose running the ball as often as I'd like. Do, I don't yeah. know if you guys get that impression, but for a number eight when we're feeling a, a – uh, the pooper on the flanks why is the number eight not crashing enough ball or the are the props not covering enough rucks is it is he doing too much work in close i don't know it just i saw him at a few rucks and i thought oh gee you know maybe he should have been lining up for the next hit up and and um, yeah. get us over the line again um well, just seems to be less, yeah. less of a hit up merchant more of a pick and go sort of mm. thing. um yeah. seems or you know or just one off you know, just literally that one pop pass and then he kind of manages to get spin through um, a tackle just about every time. But no, you're right. Look, there's, I think there was a couple of people who were head and shoulders and then there's a, probably a whole middle tranche of, of people who had, you know, average and above average games, um, which kind of turned that whole thing around. Mm. Um, right just the there. starting playmaking, uh, the crux yeah. of the playmaking for the first 45, 48 minutes was a bit poo. Yeah, well, it was. And I just... It's like Nick White managed to forget every single thing that he did that made him so spectacular against New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, having said this, you know, like you said earlier, you know, Fiji did have something to do with that. But suddenly he was, it was all bouncing out sideways and crabbing the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the ball runner, not threatening the edges anymore. Um, it was just all the stuff. And, and, and it started from very quick. He just seemed to be rattled from about the first minute. Yeah. I think there was one or two things that didn't go right. He never really caught up with the game. I thought maybe there was another victim. I think maybe of the you know early World Cup itis type thing. Yeah, good point. Um, righty, so let's move on to this one. And I think Hugh, you've been doing a bit of an investigation of this. Um, there's been a lot of chat about it. I think I don't think anyone, uh, it, I don't think any pundit missed it. And it's I believe getting decided tomorrow. Um, afternoon, uh, 3 p.m. or something like that. That's when the judiciary's back in. Um, Reese Hodges hit on the uh, Fijian captain. Um, I forget, is it Loki? Um, what was the captain's name? Um, it Yato. Was a, that was it. Not um, even close. The way it was, oh, three letters. Loki. Four, four letters. Um, Loki. You're thinking of the movie Avengers. Thor. Yeah, you're still a bit end game there, I think. <laughs> Um, I'm working my way into this World Cup. Anyway, um, try-saving tackle uh, also took the captain off the field. Uh, what was your take on this one, Hugh? And what have you found out subsequently with your extensive research? Extensive research, um, which has involved Googling World Rugby Framework for High Tackles. Um, so it, it's interesting. At, at the time, and I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, I, I watched um, at home and, and I sort of was – had my phone, but wasn't really on social media. Was just sort of gripping the couch and 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 trying not to swear at my loved ones, um, especially for that first 45 minutes. When that tackle happened, um, I, I didn't even realise it was kind of 
a thing until the end of the game, and I and I sort of saw some of the reaction from it and some of the outrage. And yeah, it was, was funny at the time. Well. It missed me too, totally. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, I, the, the commentators didn't really refer to it. It was just a a try saving tackle, or whatever. And and yes, I I went back and watched the replay today, and they did show one of the rear sort of angle of the the the, the incriminating angle, but. It just, to me, at that time, I wasn't really looking through it with a lens of, that's a horrible tackle. I just was sort of, oh, that's a, that's a tackle that's happened. And, you know, didn't, didn't really see the contact for what it was. And, and clearly no one else did um, because it's a bit of conjecture as to whether the TMO did review it or not, but it certainly seemed like they did and, and found nothing wrong. To answer the question... I came into this thinking, oh, well, I think that's fine. It's clearly, to me, not a shoulder charge. But when you go through the framework, okay, so if you, if you say it's a shoulder charge, then, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much looking at, a, looking at a red card because it's a shoulder charge to the head, right? So if, if, you, if you think it's a shoulder charge and want to make that argument, and, and some people have, then you're saying it's a red card. I don't think it was. I think he wraps both his arms. And you look at it in real time, from that side-on angle, it's clearly clear to me like he's trying to make a tackle. Now the problem is, to me, I think that's a high tackle um, because his shoulder has made contact with his head, and there's no no two ways about that. The bloke got um, you know carried off essentially, and and is out for looking like at least a week or two. Um, so if you once you're saying his shoulder, it's shoulder contact to the head, um, then it's basically you you're tossing up between a yellow and red. And it's whether you're looking at a high degree of danger or a low degree of danger, and there are a whole raft of criteria as to as to what constitutes that and what are mitigating circumstances. Um, so look, you know, essentially, I think you could make an argument for both red and yellow. I'm I'm probably saying that if I, it were me, I'd say it's a yellow. And, and, and I saw Morgan Turanui write an article today on, on this that that basically stated that case that you know under the under the framework, it's a it's a low danger tackle. Um, and therefore it's a yellow card. But then again, if you got a red card, I don't think you can really complain. I think there's an argument to say it's a high danger, um, shoulder to the head, a high tackle, and therefore a red card. I think, you know, whether it should be a red card or not on, on a more general level is up for debate as to whether that's where, that, where we want the game to be. But under the guidelines as they're set out, I think he was very, very lucky not to get a card. Um, it's worth noting Jamie Miller, our resident referee, who is uh, unable to be on the podcast because he's obviously got a got a new new child, um, and he said he thought play on. He thought it was actually not a high tackle; it was uh, contact to the chest. So take that for 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 what you will. Um, but you know what, Jamie, you're not here to defend yourself, so I'm saying you're wrong. Uh, to me, it's a red card or a yellow card, and um, I'm saying yellow card. Yeah, Fitzy, where are you on that? Yeah, uh, very, very similar to you guys. I looked at it and just went, oh, for God's sake, Hodge, can you tackle a bloke? Because he'd already already missed one or two, I think. He'd already yeah, been too. bumped a couple yeah. of times. And I just thought, mate, what is, what is that? Um, and, uh, yeah, look... The, the problem with all these things is you slow them down and you find the right angle and the you know the broadcaster finds the mysterious 17th camera and suddenly it's on for young and old. Uh, I will point out that I have just responded to uh, Mr. Nick Vasiliev's the man in the booth's tweet about Green and Gold Rugby with a choice capture of Kieran Reid taking out um, Steph Dutoy. Get onto that. It's a beauty. Uh, round the neck. Red card, actually. Didn't get cited. What a shock. 
uh, all black cloak of conspiracy. But yeah, I, I have to come down on the high yellow, low red. Um, I think the sighting is probably deserved if you look at all the footage. Um, I can understand why they didn't pick it up at the time. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying high, but not shoulder necessarily. So it's not conclusive. Low entry point, two weeks, hard for a good record. Give them a week off. Um, that's probably how it'll pan out because the, the the media outrage now is is building and and that's a runaway train. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's just where it's going to probably end up. And little. I understand why Checker went off his block today. It, um, you know, he caught up with John McKay after the game and was all smiles, and you now suddenly they've knifed Checker in the back, and that's no good. But uh, look, yeah, probably need to just settle down on that. It doesn't um, doesn't add any less fuel to the fire, and let's give Hodgie a week or two off and, and see if he's going to be ready for finals. And look, to be honest, give someone else a shot because I didn't think Hodge was that good. Yeah, oh, he, he he already missed a couple. Um, mm. Although I tell you what, we could his touch finding is a revelation if yeah. he's going to go. <laughs> um, I guess Hallett Petty hasn't got a bad boot, but yeah, um, that's a complete game changer for us. I mean, uh, you know, if, if we'd had Foley's touch finding in that game, I think it might have been you know very very different result. Look, my my only thing about the Hodge hit um, that I would say is yeah, that you do see. Um, uh, yeah, too, he, his head comes down. Um, he's trying to bunce um, uh, Hodge as, he, as he's coming into ta- as he's coming into contact, and I'm, I'm not sure Hodge was that high prior to that. I mean, it's it's, it's a margin of maybe an inch, um, but because he comes down, then it becomes square, chin on shoulder. Um, I don't know if that's. I, I, I agree oh. with you guys that I'd say that it, 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 if someone had said that's a yellow, I would have gone, yeah, you're probably about right. Um, I'd struggle with it for a red, that's all. Here's, and here's the thing that we're seeing. Contrast what you've just said to what happened in the game between England and Tonga last night where the guy, Watson's kind of mm. lost the ball mm. and he's bent down to retrieve it and run into a Tongan shoulder. Also a career-shortening move. But um, the, the refereeing, the officials have got together and had a had a reasoned dialogue about it, and because they've spent a bunch of time on it, and because um, you know the guy wasn't cut it off, it, it's sort of like, all right, yep, yeah, fair enough, these things happen and and play on, um, and on you've got the the small island island nation benefiting in in that case where they could have easily been thrown under the bus. Um, in this case, you've got the reverse where you know the the especially. The, our wonderful Kiwi audience, hello out there. Um, they are uh, they're saying, oh yep, the Pacific Islands get ripped off again, and I just bite my tongue and go, yeah, okay, buddy, whatever. But you know they have a point. It's it's that was dealt with. The refs dealt with it during play and said, yeah, quick, have a look at that. And the guy up in the booth has had a look and gone, nothing wrong there, and we've moved on. Suddenly, go down to 25 frames per second, and we're, yeah. um, we're talking about different. it. So just to, so let's stay on the um, topic of refereeing for a little bit. Um, I think there was quite a few people weren't exactly happy with most of the stuff that was going on on Saturday. I thought O'Keefe, I thought some of his stuff was just completely inexplicable. Gar says um, similarly had some interesting stuff um, going on. I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Divine? I, uh, no. Very. Um, no, Gus Gardner? Yeah, no, no, he had yeah. France Argentina. 
Oh, was that Franz Argentina? Yeah. Yeah, yep. no, that, that one as well, I thought. There's a few, just a few rules that I just don't know how refs kind of just seem to forget, like um, and, uh, allowing people just to basically swim around the back of line-out balls. So oh. when was that? When was that allowed? Like suddenly yeah. it's, it's it's a thing, and it's like and they say oh through the middle. It's like there's no way that guy literally. I just saw him crawl up the side of that mall, or he mm. waited for the mall to come around and he just stood there and then sort of came in at the side La- and latched ha- again. Yeah. yeah, and half the time you'll see them go, you know, and, and you can see the players there looking at the ref to say if he's going to get told to move off or not. Um, if he doesn't, then he just latches on. It's it's I, I I'm absolutely gobsmacked by that. And then there's just a bunch of people who are always offside. The, the back foot rule. Um, I'm really not sure what's going on with that one. There's some crazy stuff going on. But talking of crazy stuff, Michael Ch- Michael Checker um, saying he's been on the refs ears and he heard the uh, you know the the referee team in the Australian game um, singling out David Pocock. What did you make of this year? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, Michael Checker is already teetering on the edge here, it seems. He's trying to create this narrative of almost persecution. He's going on about how, well, you know, we had the typhoon that delayed our arrival, and now we've got, you know, the Fijians ratting us out to the to the authorities, and everyone's against us, you know? And, and I, don't, I mean, look, if he can get – if he can if – you know, get the best out of our blokes for the next month with that narrative, then fine. But I mean, if every time the the team bus gets delayed by roadwork or something, we're we're coming out in the press and saying how it's a conspiracy against us. Well, I've got to say it's it's a little bit far fetched to me. Yeah. I mean, since when do we even care who the Fijians talking to the signing commissioner? I would imagine it probably gets cited anyway. Doesn't really matter who 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 tells the signing commissioner. It's all it's all seemingly you know. I, I think it's a bit overblown. And look, David Pocock, I thought had a good game. The game pattern didn't suit him particularly because we were either getting smashed in the first half hour, and really there's not much he can do in those scenarios because we're just backpedaling. Or in the second you know half, we we had the ball the whole half, so it's not really much that he can do in terms of his ruck work. So, look, I thought he had a solid game, but this idea that there's some sort of conspiracy, um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit much for me. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's uh, it's just keep it keep it dry, son. You know, maybe save the outrage for when we actually get kicked out. Um, the um, the Pocock thing, yeah, look, refs are going to talk about him because they're, they're talking about the breakdown and, you know, they could have mentioned heaps of names. Maybe that's the only one they knew. Um, you know, we're talking about Ben O'Keefe here. He's not a particularly good ruck manager. Um, you know, yeah, so, I mean, OZ, he doesn't do it. It was, it was I mean, it's, un, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable okay, to okay. me that you he, can have referees at this level who allow this stuff to go on. Yeah, um, and he's giving low fives to Fijians after scoring tries and whatnot. But beside <laughs> beside that, the 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 thing about uh, referees like Ben O'Keefe, he's not the only one, but and he's done it at all levels. I've seen him ref a little bit of Mitre Ten Cup and a few Super Games. He he hesitates on decisions and he kind of goes to hold his hands up and mostly shrugs, and then he lets that go for long periods of the game. And then suddenly we're down in their corner scoring more tries and he's pulling yellow cards out of his pocket for what I didn't even think was an offence. And, and that's the, the problem. We've got inconsistency with refereeing across games and we've got inconsistency within games because ref, like, if you look at Nigel Owens for all the, the you know, 
the stuff we don't like about him, i.e. he loves the All Blacks and we don't, the the big thing about him is he sets a line early and he mm. consistently sticks to that. You get a cleaner game, you get less controversy because there's a penalty at every ruck. And if, But if Nigel Owens has set a line, you can say, oh, yeah, he missed that one, but, you know, at least we know we, that if we have the ball or if we play like this, he'll stick to that line. Um, yeah. And, well, and also, O'Keefe, the, O'Keefe the, the English, the English blokes like that as well. The ones that the All Blacks hate. Um, what's his yep. name? The tall guy with the blonde hair. Oh yeah, uh, Wayne Barnes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think he's good in that respect as well. Which is why they don't like him because he actually sets a ruck. Yeah. Um, always good for us a, a ref like that. Alrighty. Um, what this all means then? Uh, what changes would you have for Wales, Hugh? Look, I mean, look, we might have an enforced one with Reese Hodge, in which case I think it's. Dane Hallett Petty coming on to the to the wing and likely I'd say Tavita Kurandrani coming onto the bench. Um, because, you know, the the benefit of our, our backline setup at the moment is it's pretty adaptable. We've got James O'Connor at thirteen who can who can slide out to the wing. Curly Beal can come into twelve. Um, Samu Karevi can move to thirteen. So there's a bit of you know, there's plenty of ways we can we can sling it and, and obviously Dane Hallett Petty back to fullback. Um, so yeah, I think that would be what I would say if Reece Hodge gets a week or two on the sidelines. Um, look, I wouldn't change a thing if I'm honest. I'm I'm not blown away by White or Leo Lafano, but I, look, the Bledisloe was only the Perth Bledisloe was only two games ago. You know, I think they still have a buffer, and and the games since then have been uh, obviously Eden Park, um, which you know I'm happy to write off um, as as just one of those days, and 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 then that game there against Fiji where I think. I don't think Leo Lafana was terrible. I don't think he was at his best, but him and Nick White, you know, absorbed everything that the Fijians had. Essentially, came out steaming and and had everything going their way. We and we were certainly giving them plenty of opportunities. Um, but they they're a fantastic rugby team when they played well. Um, and then of course started to tire at about the 60 minute mark, at which time Matt Tamura, Will Genia. Um, you know, Lucan Salakaloto and and Jordan Ulacy and others came on and, and looked sensational, but against you know a very different side at that point in time. So I think that I think the team that we had worked really well, uh, especially in the pack. And I, I'd be reluctant to change anything. I, I think if anything, we might see depending on what Michael Checker wants to do with a lineout. Um, David Pocock might go to the bench and, and Lucan might come into the starting team just to give us a bit more height around the field, but. I don't know if that's necessarily needed. Um, I thought he, him, him coming off the bench was was a really good sort of uh, burst of physicality in that in those late stages. So look for me, I'm actually I'm actually not touching it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving it another week to to see how we go. And this is the big game. This is the Wales game. And uh, you know if we win this one, we're we're through and and looking like a quarter final likely against France. But if we if we lose it, then it looks like we'll be playing England. Who looked pretty decent against Tonga. So, um, yeah, a lot on the line. Mm. Now, out of those two, I know which one I'd want. Um, as, as as beautiful as some of the first-half play that France produced was, um, definitely rattleable as we saw in the second half. So um, there's definitely plenty to play for here. Um, Fitzy, would you tinker? It's a weird night, fellas, because I'm agreeing with Hugh about a lot of stuff. I'm a little uh, uncomfortable. No, it's not, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird, but but yeah, look, all good points. I don't think um, I think probably a few tweaks to that game plan, getting some ball runners in close, will assist White 
and and Lee Lefano kind of run that back line a little. Uh, we, like I said, we went fancy early and tried the back line moves and all that sort of stuff. We should have really just started smashing guys in close. And, uh, you know, Wales aren't the fittest forward pack going around. They know each other really well, and they're, they're very um, good on the cohesion. They had the same coach for 12, 12 years. Yes, 12 years, Graham Henry. Uh, not Graham Henry, the other bloke, Gatland, Kiwis, can't remember. But um, it, I, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity there to maybe just tweak the game plan a little and give those opportunities to to White and Lilo Fano to, to get that combo going. Um, Lilo not kicking goals later in the game does give me a bit of pause, but I think it's probably better to run him out there and see how he's going to hold up against a, a, a better drilled pack, um, a, a Six Nations champion pack, if you like, uh, and then rest him for two games. Um, and, yeah, maybe the enforced change. But I, I thought... I thought Lucan coming late was an awesome move. He really stood up, and we didn't talk about him earlier, but he just was scattering bodies left, right, and centre. So I thought that was a really good weapon to have on the bench, and you chuck Coleman in there as well. Um, you know, Wales are a tough outfit, but they've been playing the same game plan for, for the last six years, and, um, you know, you just got to front up and bash the hell out of them, and, and um, eventually the backs get the space to, to work their magic. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Look, um, I, I think at the end of the day, you, you want to give this team, this you know, what is the A team, um, pretty much the one that came out of Perth, I guess. You want to give it um, as much time together as, as as they can. You know, they're still forming combinations. Uh, it's you know, which yet yeah, we all wish that probably we, they'd had a bit more time together and we hadn't had those four you know years. Uh, basically sticking with another team that we've suddenly changed, but um, it is what it is. So, yeah, giving them more time, I think, is really, really important. The one thing I wouldn't mind seeing, probably not in the in the big Wales game, um, where I do think um, the pooper um, would be... And I, and I do chuckle to myself as I say that, as, as you see that they're trying to um, rebrand it. Is it the Hocock? Um, yeah, not, you're not winning anywhere there. Just no, leave that's it. even that much better. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, um, especially as it was Green and Gold Rugby that started the whole pooper, so you, you can't change that. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I, that's the one that I probably I'd think about, especially in some of those other games. I, I, to me, it's a bit of an extreme combo, and I think you want to have that lined up against the right the right sides, not just suddenly that it's a default because of what it doesn't give you. And and I think, you know, having someone, you know, it's going to be um, Pocock coming in as a reserve possibly um, later in the game, I think is a massive impact. The only problem is that they're not going to be taking Hooper off. So um, I guess it's a bit of a moot point. Um, so, uh, but otherwise, uh, let me, hang on, hang on. I, I just, I just remembered something because I was, uh, I was listening to the pod on the train in last week. I rarely take the train, but I uh, got into the city last week, and there was a bit of talk about Perth versus what happened later. Let me posit this: daytime rugby. Perth was basically in the daytime. The rest of these games haven't been. Just a theory. Reckon I'm going <laughs> with it. We play the All Blacks during the day. It doesn't even have to be in Perth, just during the day. They don't like it because they don't play a lot of daytime rugby. Just saying. <laughs> you think put, that's... Put, put that in the okay. bank, fellas. 
I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to go with that one. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I like that. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that one from now on. We're going to have to get some people doing some regression analysis against best yeah, quality performances. Get um, the Google people to do a model or something. <laughs> Hurry up, nerds. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, wouldn't be I wouldn't be mucking around with things too much. I think if Nick White doesn't get over his yips, then I think he might be going to you know he might be coming um, the guy who comes on. Although having said that, Willie G at the, at the death of a game, you know he's he's great. He's great in those situations. So I don't know. I, I really don't think I'd be mucking around with too much if I didn't have to. Um, so let's finish off just other games that we saw, other things that went on that. Um, can't be missed. I'm going to kick off. I'm going to say um, I really, really enjoyed that England Tonga game. Oh, that was an absolute belter. Um, Some of those not, hits. Oh, Billy Vinopolo getting put on his ass was oh, <sighs> unbelievable. And and they, both Tackler and he was were, were both visibly shaken. Yeah, did um, that just and, happen? Did I don't all, know. All, or all did those, it just happen? <laughs> yeah. In that game though, is it just me or does does Manu Tuilangi look pretty darn good? And oh, I'm God. a little bit and, worried about the effect that he's going to have on this tournament for England. Yeah, and fit and fast. And here's the thing. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about how England went up to it and all the rest of it. I thought they were, I thought they were pretty, pretty bloody good. I'm trying not to use the word. I'm awesome in the sense of the word of, you know, when that forward pack got going, quite fearsome, actually. And then and their backs are just... Just so much pace. Yes, and um, this is this is the problem, right? Is that electric pace to chase down anything anything Tonga put through them? Uh, that that's something that gives me pause and should give a lot of other teams pause. And I've said it before in this very pod, but they kept their powder dry as it was just basic out the back stuff, a lot of box kicks, a lot of caterpillars, and you know do what England do. And that that to me is kind of a double-edged sword for them. You know what you're going to get with England. They're, they've added a few strings to the bow, but ultimately Eddie Jones is Eddie Jones. They've got some real attritional games coming up. Their two last pool games are the toughest opponents in the pool. Then they've got to roll into a quarter, then a semi, then a final. It's a, it, it could work for them, might build up into a final, but, geez, it's a lot of... For an attritional game plan like they play, it's a hell of a lot of, of load they've got to put on some of those players. Mm. Um what about what about uh, you then, Fitzy? What 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 else has stuck out to you? Namibia, absolutely. Oh, oh my, get on it! I I will say that I just love Namibian forwards. They keep it simple. They just love smashing things, and they've got uh, the best names. You know, they're sort of South African, but sort of not. Um, and their back row absolutely outshone Italy. Um, uh, Conradi, their open side, was great, uh, just aggressive and on the deck and scrapping for everything. Their number eight, um, Venta, geez, like he was just making metres through contact. Like he's got that balance you see in a number eight sometimes. He's not the chunkiest bloke. He's fairly tall unit, but he just kept going through Italy, who were disappointing, admittedly. But, um, you know, it, you add a few uh, – that their number 12 was a bit poo. But, um, like, the the forward pack was really giving it to Italy and just lacked that that top-level pro fitness um, and just a few mistakes out the back on defence. And otherwise, you know, they put, put whatever it was, three tries on Italy, which is not bad for the 20-something – ranked team in the yeah, world um, yeah really really liked watching them go about their business um you know that probably that'll probably be their peak for the tournament but um yeah i just i thought they were worth a watch and you'd kill to have a guy like that 
Vent, Venter would be an awesome Waratahs number eight. That's all I'm saying. Whoever the coach uh, is going to be next, who is it? I don't know. Yep, good who can tell? Yeah. Um, Hugh, what about you, mate? Well, I suppose we've got to talk all black Springboks, don't we? Because um, no, we don't. I, <laughs> well, I was watching that game at a, at, at a pub, um, and I was there for another occasion, and and. I sort of wasn't giving it my full attention, to be fair, but I was watching and it seemed like the box were on top, 3-0 up, and, and they had the run of the play. And I looked back up and it was 17-3 to the All Blacks. And it was just I think the All Blacks just did that thing that they do, which is is uh, making tries from, from all, all, over the, all over the park. And and uh, the box, I think, battled back fairly, fairly well. And I think at one point it was 17-13, but then uh, I think the All Blacks just, uh, just got away. But... Um, yeah, put South Africa on one side of the draw and New Zealand on the other. So it depends on which, if we beat Wales, which one we end up on. Um, uh, the only other thing I'd say is 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 from other games. Um, wheels have come off Scotland pretty pretty uh, hard after that game, that loss to <laughs> Ireland. Um, the yeah. pool play specialists, Ireland, I might add. But um, the only thing is. Uh, Couple of couple of things to note is Hamish Watson gone for gone from Scotland. He's gone home, and and Trevor Nyakanya has gone home for the box already, which is you never like to see it. Um, mm. But uh, one of the underrated things about our game actually was uh, getting through without injuries because I think it's yeah. going to be really important. Sorry, on that box All Blacks game for a sec. What was really interesting about the second quarter of that game, and you you were talking about the box dominating, and you were right. At a certain point, New Zealand decided they weren't going to set rucks anymore. They just mm. kept – it was helter-skelter. It wasn't, wasn't the best conditions, but they just kept offloading and trying to keep the ball alive. And it, it did two things. It tied out the box, bigger men, um, but it also nullified their rush defence. When they've got a set line, they know that their uh, 13 or, or the third man, fourth man out is going to shoot and cut out the outside ball. Their wings are going to line up and their fullback is going to be at the back by himself. And what that did was it disrupted that entire pattern. Now, the All Blacks are dangerous in set play as it is, but once they'd kind of broken that line up a bit, a couple of offloads, a bit of Richie Moanga magic, who I thought was was quite good, um, considering he was a bit jittery against us the first time out in Perth during the day, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. But um, but I think that helped break up the spring box. And from there, New Zealand could just sit back and, and you know, their, their set piece was good and just good enough to keep them ahead in that game. Box could have taken it late, but I think by then they'd shot their bolt. Mm. What about, though, the, uh, the the spring box winger? Is it Colby? What's oh, um, should have been man of the match. Un- unbelievable. I think you meant to say Loki. um absolutely unbelievable um just so great to see that you know in this day and age of monsters across the park uh you've still got somebody who can just beat people with gas and footwork and and through contact as well absolute brilliance yeah 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 he actually shedded tackles it wasn't just stepping around guys yeah but it's like he's got but he's still using those feet when he's in the tackle it's Mm. just it's unbelievable, and it's just just pure change of pace. Um, that pace you and angle. Do like that. Spiders no, on him. Got quite, spiders. Quite on. unbelievable. Um, righto. Well, I think that's about it. Unless uh, there's any more, any more for any more. It's been a pretty good first weekend. Loving the Japanese attitude. This is great. Well, you know what? Can I a theory about Australian crowds? I reckon the Aussie crowd are more boisterous in Japan than they are in Australia. 
I reckon I heard a version of Walsing Matilda going up. I did hear that too, actually. Yeah. We haven't sung that here since 2002. Well, it's the beauty of yep. full-strength beer at the ground, I think. Right? Oh, yeah, there you go. I should imagine that's what it is. And, and, and warm and, weather. And, yeah, and eight hours of that beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got, just, just FYI, we've got Russia-Samoa tomorrow, the traditional rivals. Um, oh, going, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Wednesday, Fiji-Uruguay. Um Thursday, we've got Italy, Canada, and England, USA. Um, I think Italy, Canada should be a, a really good game. Um, and then coming into Saturday, we've got a day off, nothing on Friday night. And then um, on Saturday, we've got Argentina, Tonga. Uh, we've got Japan, Ireland. We've got South Africa, Namibia. Uh, and then on Sunday, it's it's Georgia, Uruguay. Uh, and then, of course, Australia-Wales, 5.45 uh, New South Wales time. And, um, yeah, promises to be absolutely sensational footy. Interesting, that Russian match. Um, they've kept the same starting lineup as played on Friday. So they'll have had a four-, five-day turnaround, same starting lineup, which is brave by the Welsh coach. Uh, yeah, I can't, don't know that that's going to go too well. And footnote, I saw Georgia and Uruguay play each other in Sydney in 2003 at the World Cup. So there you go. Uruguay yeah. won, I think. Uh, well, that's good to know, mate. Yeah. Um, guys, that's been fantastic. Good to talk to you. Um, got to get back Got to get back so I can catch the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think Georgia um, just scored. What? Okay, well, okay, I've got to rush. Right, yeah. good to have you. <laughs> and I'll speak to you next time. No worries. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de beer. Chew, chew, chew for 20, chew. All right, good to go.